don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. This week on Social Minds. They can read the full article, they can shop the products, they can get inspired straight through Pinterest. We spoke to Yulia Alexandrova, Global Social Media Manager at Made.com, and Jackie Climes, Retail Partnerships Manager at Pinterest and previously of LinkedIn, to hear from both a brand and a platform perspective what works well on Pinterest. Yes, we've wanted to get both Pinterest and Made.com on the podcast for a while now, so to have both on the same episode is a real win, as you'd imagine. In this episode, we covered how Pinterest became a thriving destination for positive expression and inspiration, how buyer behavior differs when it's a Made.com sofa you're shopping for, and the many ways Pinterest plans to make life easier for marketers and advertisers. You're not necessarily competing, you know, with someone showing their baby's first step or their wedding video. It's a very different use case. All this and more coming up. How can brands effectively use Pinterest as part of their marketing strategy? Uh, Jackie, I'll hand over to you first, if that's okay. Yeah, sounds good. Um, So I would say just from an overarching theme, there's a huge opportunity for brands from both a paid and a non-paid perspective. So first of all, it's just super easy for brands to get started on Pinterest. It all starts with a business profile. You create the profile. It's free. Then you start saving content. And then you can use our analytics tools to see what type of content is really resonating with your audience. Um, And then from there, that's a great way to start kicking off your advertising strategy, um, start to kind of get at your audience in a more robust way. Um, And Made.com has just done an amazing job with that. So super excited for them to kind of dig into their strategy there. Um, But really, it's about just reaching um, brands' audience at the right time when they're in the shopping mindset. And there's there's just huge value there. And Yulia, can you tell us a little bit about what a Made uh, and Pinterest campaign looks like? from end to end? Sure. So um, it's important for us to remember that consumers use Pinterest as an idea starter while they're still in the consideration phase. And for any retailer such as May.com, this is exactly the phase we want to be reaching them. Um, We can access a really engaged audience such as those planning a new kitchen, seeking inspiration for an important life event like buying a house or um, people who are simply interested in the latest home and interiors trends. Um, and we kind of were able to reach them in that moment of need with really relevant and inspiring content, which is both paid and organic. And our strategy is designed to anticipate those ideas and solutions our potential customers are looking for. Pinterest is, is one of our key channel across all stages of the marketing funnel. Um, our kind of overarching goal for our strategy is to position the brand as an expert resource. Um, so we do this by creating helpful tips and um, inspiring but really actionable content, influencing pinners while they're still in that consideration phase. Um, we always align this to um, user behaviors on the platform. Um, and we know that many pinners um, use it for inspiration, but go from inspiration to conversion to action really quickly. When it comes to advertising, um, we sort of run always on activity across seven different markets in EMEA, which includes search campaigns and conversion optimization across shopping ads and dynamic retargeting. But with our organic content, um, that's really designed to educate and inspire by creating tips, guides, lists, and general inspiration for our community. This falls under three te- themes of um, everyday interests and 
seasonal moments and, and larger life events as well. So what we're really trying to do is rather than simply inspire people with beautiful images, which we have loads of, um, our goal is to produce pins and balls that are actionable and more importantly, um, useful to our audience. So it means always keeping that user in mind. Yeah, I just wanted to actually double tap on what Yulia said there, because I just feel like Made is such a great example of this, is um, the actionable content. So inspiration to action. And it's a little bit different than other platforms where someone may go more so for entertainment or communication. Our pinners are really looking for content where they can go offline and do that in real life. So they want to see something so inspiring that they'll actually put down their phone and create that beautiful space or style that new outfit or um, cook that recipe. Um, And again, May just does such a great example of that, but it does kind of differentiate us from other platforms in in terms of the type of content that you put on um, put on Pinterest. I'm definitely a massive Pinterest fan, so I can really sort of uh, speak to that. And, you know, from, it's especially from an interior design point of view. But um, with Pinterest, like you said, Jackie, with it being such a sort of a different platform, how does that sort of influence the creative strategy? Uh, because there's the visual search element to it. There's the SEO element, maybe in a way. And then there's also the engagement metric is slightly different, I suppose. Yeah. So I'd say from a creative strategy standpoint, what's, ac- what's actually really different, um, and again, from other platforms, is that brands are super welcome on the platform because our pinners see a branded piece of content and they typically know that they can buy off that piece of content. It's credible. It's actionable. It's relevant. Um, so we really encourage um, our brands to make sure that they're they're brand they're brand proud. They're putting their logo on there. They're adding a call to action or text overlay to help give the pinner an idea of what the image is actually about and what the landing page experience would be. So I would say those are kind of all key elements. And then the engagement is a little bit different as well. Um, we have the save feature, which is very different, where people actually find these really great ideas and then they save it to a board. So they save it to their dream home board or their travel board. Um, So you just want to make content that is really inspiration that will kind of invite people to save it to their own little personal space, um, which we call the board or their their profile. Mm -hmm. Ayulia, how does that affect your sort of content approach for Pinterest? I mean, are you optimizing for certain search terms and tackling it differently than you would to say posting the same content on Instagram or somewhere else? Absolutely. And um, people on Pinterest have a really clear idea of what they're looking for. So relevance plays a huge part in that. It's a it's a very personal search and a very powerful visual search engine. Um, and as with any other search engine, we optimize our presence to be more easily discovered by users. I would say that we probably spend as much time creating um, the assets and and designing the creative as we do writing the descriptions and those headlines because we know how important they are and they've really helped us gain greater organic reach and serve more relevant ads as well. Um, We get really great insights from the team at Pinterest, so that shapes our organic strategy throughout the year. So in our boards and ads, you'll notice trends which have emerged from uh, Pinterest predicts trend forecast, um, different seasonal moments, um, editorial themes highlighted by the team at Pinterest is super helpful as well. And we, we look at those um, signals of intent. So looking at what how p- users are interacting with our content, um, whether they're saving it or clicking through. And that kind of really allows us to understand 
what interests people today and what also what they might be interested in as they move toward the future. No, definitely. I mean, Jackie, maybe this is one for you. You, you guys sort of touched on before that awareness to conversion happens really quickly on Pinterest. I'm just wondering how you would explain the sales journey or sales funnel on Pinterest, perhaps compared to a different platform and shed a little bit more light on why those conversions are happening so quickly? Yeah, great question. Um, and I always like talking about this one because it Pinterest is super unique in this way. We're very much focused on kind of the inspirational and exploratory piece of shopping, um, which I find really interesting, especially now because you can't go into your favorite store and kind of shop the aisles. But Pinterest has created this unique experience where it kind of feels like going into a boutique and then all those different products are curated for you based off of your own tastes and interests and kind of that reason around discoverability um, and exploration really aligns with the pinner mindset because people come on the platform to plan their lives. You know, they're, they're planning for their dream home. Um, as I mentioned, they're planning for to what, um, what they want to cook tonight, for example. Um, and because they're in that discovery mindset, they're very open to new products to buy. Um, and that's key for brands. That's like such a golden nugget to be able to reach someone when they haven't made up their mind. Um, so for a brand like made.com, who is looking to grow sales, is looking to grow their customer base to reach people who are looking for inspiration and not a specific brand um, is, is super valuable. And, and the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. You can see it in the way that people search. 97% of our searches are unbranded. So again, just goes back to the point of people are looking for inspiration and they're not looking for brands. So May.com, for example, has a huge opportunity to influence when people are kind of just starting their shopping journey. That's interesting. And seemingly um, in terms of those actual uh, purchases, Yulia, on, on May.com, what have you found to be the most effective platform for the different types of, say, buying? So do you see impulse purchase on there, for instance, or is it longer term consideration? I know uh, you said people convert quicker, but there's a sort of style of buying, isn't there? Yeah, certainly. And I think how Pinterest differs from other platforms is that it allows us to create and share content that's highly relevant and it um, sort of allows us to reach consumers' frame of mind in that moment um, when the content is served. So um, with our campaigns, they are across all stages of the marketing funnel, as you would on Instagram, for example. But we've found that unlike other platforms where consumers might approach it in the moment, the way people use Pinterest is, is with this planning mindset. So 97% of searches are non-branded. So it's a really amazing opportunity for us to build affinity with shoppers before they've made up their mind. And this is reflected in the images we choose and, and the keywords we use in pin descriptions and on the creative of ads. So it's also really important um, that we publish this content um, much further ahead of seasonal moments. So Quite often we plan two to three months ahead of key dates in order to meet that search demand. And um, that's not to say that we're not seeing great results with direct response, um, specifically with um, shopping ads as we continue to drive sort of the highest return on the platform with that format, um, especially for higher consideration purchases such as sofas, whereas Instagram and like specifically organic is, is really great for impulse buys like homewares and accessories. And I think in terms of conversion as well, what's um, quite interesting is the results we're seeing from organic content. So the longevity of our pins and boards doesn't really compare to that of other platforms. So some of our most popular pins at the moment, both in terms of 
engagement and revenue are ones I've published two, three years ago, which kind of really demonstrates the cumulative value of the content and, and the importance of um, SEO, um, mm. which really enables us to show up again and again in people's feeds. Yeah, that, that's interesting how it differs so much from other platforms in that sense, having like, a longer life cycle to the content. I want to know a little bit from you, Yulia, and, and as well, Jackie, to be honest, how obviously Pinterest has been really instrumental to maids marketing, but we're wondering if you have any sort of key case studies or favorite campaigns or strong examples uh, of when it's worked the best for you. Yeah, sure. So um, I think we, we have such a solid relationship with the team at Pinterest, which has contributed to our advertising success. So we're the first partner to launch Pinterest advertising in the UK. And then in 2018 and in France and Germany, um, what we've seen really great results is, is um, automatic bidding, which launched last year. Our aim was to drive cost-effective traffic to our website. So we decided to run a full funnel search only campaign on Pinterest. Like The goal of the campaign was to drive high volume traffic while reducing cost per click as much as possible. Um, so that was a really great fit for that campaign. So we used it to as a supplement to our full funnel search strategy and to take advantage of those cheaper options, which helped us um, like really slash our CPCs. Once we put that on autopilot, we saw um, an 80% decrease in cost per click across our three major markets. So that's UK, France and Germany. And um, we also got four times more clicks for the same cost as well. What was really great as well is that we didn't need to spend so much time on managing bids, um, which really allowed us to focus on other areas of the campaign like creative and, and making sure that that is totally aligned with our keywords that we're targeting. Mm. Another interesting project um, that we also launched last year is Shop Your Photos. We have a dedicated um, tech innovation team called Made Labs and they developed this AI powered search tool called Shop Your Photos last year. Mm. Um, so this, this is um, hosted on our site and customers can now search using photos or by connecting their Pinterest accounts and selecting their favorite pins. Um, it finds the closest match of made products and it's we so often find really aspirational images on Pinterest. So this is a really great tool to bridge that gap and make um, make something really achievable and attainable. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I remember seeing that and it, it's a really, really good use of the platform. I thought it was very effective. Yeah, I was just going to say there is, we probably could just have a, a whole separate show on this that like made.com has so many different campaigns. Um, I know our marketing team is always tapping me and saying, Oh, can we, can we showcase this campaign in a blog post or an article? So they really are a best in class example. And I work across our home retail vertical with a lot of different brands. And they're like, okay, we get it. We know that made.com is good <laughs> stuff. Can you show us some other examples? Um, so really just a testament to, to the team. They have such an amazing test and learn mindset. Um, and then they really just take all of our feedback and, and implement it um, to make their their strategy really successful. And Jackie, as well, a question for you uh, from a Pinterest point of view. I mean, obviously, we're talking about interior design a lot, but that surely there are other verticals and many different examples that really, really plug in well to uh, Pinterest outside of the uh, design world as well. Yes, definitely. So we um, actually have over um, 300 billion ideas saved across Pinterest. So that's people coming on the platform, saving content to their boards across a variety of categories. Um, so yes, home decor is definitely one of our top categories, but other popular categories include food, fashion, beauty, 
beauty DIY. Um, and what's interesting is these categories do stay pretty, pretty consistent. Um, but we see trend themes really change in these different categories. Um, so an example of that is food. Um, before I would say kind of last year, year before we were seeing a lot around kind of quick and easy ideas, maybe quick, easy ideas, um, to take to the office. But now because people are spending so much more time at home, we're actually seeing, um, a higher uptick and things around gourmet food ideas in the kitchen, this idea of kind of kitchen is the new Michelin. Um, so people don't necessarily want these quick and quick and easy ideas anymore because they're looking for ways to kind of stay entertained for longer. Um, so we'll see things like that. But kind of short answer is yes, there there is a variety of categories on Pinterest um, that are really popular. And actually, I'll have Beulah talk to this, but they do a really good job at kind of tapping in um, into some of these other categories um, around food and travel um, and whatnot to kind of show how home can kind of seep into to some of these other um, areas on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We've seen really great performance on our organic content we, when we align ourselves to other popular verticals, specifically food and travel. Um, we produce so many great editorial content um, throughout the year with interesting creators in that field. Um, which really allows us to add credibility and, and also commission really inspiring content that's um, sort of Pinterest first and really relevant to the platform. Mm, that's interesting. I'd like to hear a bit more about that. So you're you're sort of collaborating with other brands, is it, in, in these other verticals that are really popular on Pinterest to sort of reach their audience as well? Yeah, I think um, working with creators can, on Pinterest can be a really effective way in expanding your organic reach and brand awareness. So I'm a big fan of group boards, um, which can be used in a very intuitive way to help brands reach that creator's audience. It's also a highly collaborative process as well, which makes it feel quite um, real and relatable. Mm. It's really, really interesting. And seemingly, one of the questions I want to ask as well was, with all this uh, sort of data, because we always say uh, to people to listen to the community on social media and whatnot and see what's going on. I'm just interested in all the sort of trend data. I can imagine that that's very much the case on Pinterest where looking at the trends, looking what's important, what people are searching for and really driving your content strategy towards that, but also predicting behavior and sort of inspiring different trends in that sense. Yeah, so um, from an organic standpoint, we're seeing much higher reach um, when our content is aligned with trending topics and, and trend predictions from Pinterest. So the Pinterest predicts reports, which looks at the not yet trending trends that are going to be huge the following year, is such a useful resource for us. It's it's also impressively accurate. I think last year, 80% of the trends um, came true, which is really saying something considering how unpredictable to predict <laughs> 2020 <laughs> was. Definitely one of the most unpredictable years on record, which I think really shows that the data is, is fairly robust and predictive. Um, so what we do is um, when the report is published each December, we get together as a team to see if we can deliver value through relevant trends. Um, and that pretty much sets us up with um, a Pinterest content plan for Q1. And I think generally, if marketers can tap into these trends and and see how they can apply them to their own products and brands, um, they can really take advantage of what Pinterest predicts would be a massive organic upswing and, and traffic and not just on the platform, but generally in the world. No, definitely. I think one thing that um, our audience will be keen to understand a bit more is sort of going back to the differences between Pinterest and other platforms. So maybe one for you, Jackie, but I'd like to get Yulia's perspective on this as well. 
In terms of like Facebook and Instagram or the Facebook apps, they have moved towards a more pay to play model in recent years and made organic reach really quite difficult. There's going to be some nuances because of the way Pinterest works and and being a visual search tool as well as a social platform. But I want to know, does Pinterest conform to that model? Um, And what are the differences, do you think, in performance between organic and paid? Say if a brand's listening and doesn't know which one to put most of their resource into? Yeah, so I would say um, kind of from a high level point of view, we very, there's very much value in still having an organic presence on on the platform. And I kind of started with this, but it is so easy. You build out that profile, you start saving content, and then that content gets organic virality on the platform if, if it's great content. So we actually um, have our brands and our creators really look at that monthly active user number versus followers um, because your content goes way beyond just your follower audience. Um, so, so huge value in creating that content and getting it out there organically. If you do have a specific initiative, if you are trying to get um, to a specific audience at scale, that's really where advertising comes into play and having kind of that holistic strategic strategy um, on the platform is is really where you're going to kind of get the golden golden ticket. Um, and that's something that made.com has done really well and has kind of seen that strategy of um, investing in both non-paid and paid come to fruition. Yulia, mm-hmm. is it when you're choosing between organic and paid on Pinterest, is there certain types of content you feel suits each one better? Yeah, so we approach each campaign very individually and start with how the user is going to access this content and, and what we want them to do essentially. But um, when it comes to organic, everything we do is 100% organic. So we don't really put any media behind this. And that goes back to the SEO element. And if that goes hand in hand with a really powerful creative, you can see really amazing results. And we've also seen that there's um, an incremental correlation between paid and organic. We have a much higher engagement rate um, and reach and organic when our strategy is complemented by advertising. And equally with paid, um, there's a significantly higher purchase rates when our advertising efforts are enforced by a solid organic strategy. Oh, that makes sense. I want to briefly go back to a point you made earlier, Jackie, where you said uh, that brands are um, they're a lot more welcome on Pinterest and just sort of get to the crux of uh, why that is compared to other platforms, why the audience is much more receptive in a sense. Yeah, um, I think it just goes back to a mindset piece, right? Um, Theo, you said that you're a Pinterest user yourself. So if you're kind of putting yourself um, in the shoes of a user, you're coming to, to plan your life, you know, it's it's a personal space for you that um, you're looking to figure out what you're going to eat, maybe what you're going to wear, um, how you're going to design your home office. Um, so because people are in that planning mindset, they're really looking to, to shop for products to make all of those different ideas, those sources of inspiration come to life. Um, and in order to do that, that's where brands fit right in. Um, kind of one of the biggest asks that we've had from users um, is, you know, making Pinterest more shoppable so that these dreams can become a reality. And that's exactly where you're going to see most of our investment go into. Um, We have done a lot in terms of making Pinterest more shoppable. You'll see um, more features rolled out um, in that case. But it really does come down to brands, um, you know, uploading their product catalogs um, so that there's more products on the platform. Um, I think it's 
over 800 brands have uploaded their product catalogs in the UK to date. And so people, people want to see that content. They're receptive to it. Um, and it just goes back to this natural alignment piece that I think is super important. No, definitely. It makes sense. I think when you compare it to like other platforms where you're competing with pictures of people's friends and like very sort of social focused content, I guess on, on Pinterest, Brands, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't really have to compete with that. You're just competing against like other ideas and maybe products from uh, other brands as well as bits and pieces from the web. Yeah, exactly. You're not necessarily competing, you know, with someone showing their baby's first step or their wedding video. It's a very different use case. People um, are scrolling through the feed. They're seeing things that are that are personalized and tailored to them based off of um, how they interact with different content on the platform. And, and that's really what it's all about is kind of delivering the best experience to our pinners. And actually that best experience comes from from brands who can deliver on um, helping pinners bring their inspiration to real life. Mm, no, definitely. I think it'd be welcome news for brands that they're not, they on other platforms, ads are often seen as an intrusion of their personal time. But here it's like, it's sort of on their terms, isn't it? If they're already searching for something to buy, uh, which probably makes them more receptive to it. Exactly. I, I have one question that we haven't really touched on, but Yulia, you mentioned um, working with creators. I'm wondering how prevalent sort of influencer marketing is on Pinterest because it's not something you hear about a lot and whether that's something that Pinterest like wants people to encourage or something that's effective here or because brands are so welcome on the platform, it's something that's not as needed perhaps as it is elsewhere to get that extra boost. I think it's it's definitely something that's on our minds for this year and We've sort of spent the last couple of years building out a really solid foundation for influencer marketing, specifically on Instagram and, and YouTube as well. Um, so we've experimented in 2020 working with a few creators and we really plan to continue to do this. But it's definitely different to how we would approach it on Instagram. And it's not we're not paying them to publish photos of their products. It's, it's a really sort of personal and a highly collaborative process as well. Like I mentioned, the group boards are a great way to do this, but um, you can also run um, brand campaigns um, that help you kind of add that credibility to what you stand for through working with different creatives in your field. Um, so that's something in our plan for this year, definitely. Mm, that was exciting. Jackie, I suspect that point rings true to a lot of uh, what happens at Pinterest in terms of that creator relationship. And I can imagine that influencers and influential people, uh, like we just touched on, are seen very differently on Pinterest to other platforms where there is a bit of a, sometimes a question around authenticity and whatnot. Is it a case that the creators are very much on the same level of the users in terms of the fact that everybody is on there for sort of inspiration and for curation purposes? Yeah, absolutely. I was just gonna, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. This authenticity aspect is so important. It's, you know, because pinners are coming to Pinterest in a very, it's a very positive place. You know, we kind of say it's like the last little um, happy corner of the internet in a way. Um, and so, you want to have creators and people putting content out there that really that really embody that. Um, and I think when our pinners see that, um, there's you know they're more likely to kind of engage with that content, save it, um, click through to to landing page. And so um, I think because our brands really understand the platform, um, they choose creators that that also have that authenticity piece, really align with their mission, and then also align with our mission too, which is to make sure that people 
are inspired and we're helping them create the lives that they love. Yeah, definitely. It makes sense. And it's funny to think back on as well. Pinterest has a very sort of, uh, I'd say, defined aesthetic. But, um, you know, in the past when we saw it with uh, Instagram, obviously started as like a photo editing sort of platform and where it's gone to now. Do you think there is any future where users begin to kind of repurpose the content we see on other areas of social media on Pinterest? So like, does it become... Do you have boards for memes and, and whatnot eventually? Or, or or is that sort of something that is maybe protected against? I um I would say that user-generated content is something that is has a, a, a really relevant place on Pinterest and it's it plays a really big role in our comms. So not just on social, but um on our website, email, and we've even included it in out of home advertising as well. Um, and it really shows our products in context and you can't really see them in real life. So it's a really important part of the customer journey. And because Pinterest is such a positive user-driven platform, it's a really great way to show the variety of different ways that you can style those products, especially in the last 12 months um, when we haven't really been able to carry out as many shoots as we normally would have. Um, this has been a really powerful resource for us. So we continue to increase the volume that we publish on Pinterest year on year. Um, and the reason we've been in a position to do this is um, really our vast um, media bank of user-generated content. So we've done campaigns about working from home to designing your balcony or sprucing up your rental. And this is all um, content that we wouldn't have had the assets or had it not been for UGC. And also with paid advertising as well, um, specifically the search campaign I mentioned earlier, it's really important to keep the creative fresh. So to avoid that creative fatigue, we've actually produced over a thousand creative variations, which is just mad in 2020. Um, so that's targeting category, style and room keywords, um, all using UGC from our community. Um, but that being said, I wouldn't, um, it's so important to, approach those formats um, with a Pinterest lens rather than repurposing what you've already created for other channels. And I think once you establish your Pinterest content pillars and create templates, it's actually really easy to scale. Yeah, I was just going to say I completely agree. And just putting a marketer's hat on, um, I know that these marketers are creating assets for so many different platforms that it is definitely you know a lot to handle. It's a lot on their studio teams or their creative agencies. So when I talk to brands, I don't want them to kind of be freaked out that they have to create this entirely new Pinterest strategy. Um, I do encourage them to kind of look at their content, look at their images and say, you know, is does this content aligning people to go um, or enabling people to go from inspiration to action? And if it is, then can we take that content um, and can we do kind of the few small tweaks to make it Pinterest first? So um, we do always encourage them to have, you know, a platform first lens, but that can potentially mean, you know, just making it vertical, um, which is best practice on Pinterest, adding a logo, maybe adding a call to action. So we definitely don't want all of our brands to kind of recreate the wheel. Um, there is a lot that they can pull from other platforms, but it is important to kind of always have that pinner first lens of enabling them to go for inspiration to action. If it doesn't really fit in that, then it probably isn't the best fit for the platform. It, it isn't really worth their time in terms of kind of putting it on, potentially putting paid behind it or, or whatever it may be. No, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that because I, what I was going to ask is whether there would be any content formats that might surprise brands that, that actually work really well because there's a lot of really high quality photography on there but say if a brand did want to stand out a bit or 
you know, sometimes there's little known uh, features or, or formats that perform better than what's already out there. Yeah, I mean, one of the um, most interesting things from last year is that video has continued to do extremely well on the platform. So really leaning into video um, is a great strategy for our brands to stand out because Pinterest did start as um, a static a static first platform. So as video starts to ramp up, um, as pinners are starting to engage more with video, um, in a lot of ways, it's how they want to consume content for, for certain categories. Um, and so... I I would say that just continuing to iterate and build out a strong video strategy on Pinterest is, is actually super important. And um, there's still a big opportunity in white space to stand out in the feed against those static images. No, definitely. And you mentioned Pinterest first. I'm curious to know how you define that. Yeah. Um, so we are a visual platform. Um, you guys have been on it, your users yourself. So it does need to be visually appealing is kind of the number one baseline. Um, and then there's a few kind of different dimensions um, around you know, a vertical first. So if you do have horizontal content, um, typically it will get demoted um, in in the feed. So it's not really even worth putting on there. Um, being brand proud, as I mentioned. Um, so having your logo on there. Um, and then also giving context to the imagery that you're putting on the platform. Um, and the way that you can do that is through text overlay within the pin image. Um, and we have a great new business site that's been revamped that has all these best practices on it. So highly recommend um, for any brand or creator who's just getting started on Pinterest to, to use that as a resource. Yeah, no, definitely. That's really helpful tips. Yeah, I like the fact that, you, like you said there, Jackie, that uh, this idea of being brand proud, I think that's something that's very refreshing in marketing at a time where Makes us feel a lot wanted. of social media platforms, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of brands maybe feel like they're relegated to just sort of like, uh, you know, a, a line or a tiny logo or something. So it's nice to be uh, brand proud. One, one question we haven't asked you about, I'm keen to know the sort of approach around big sort of seasonal events. So obviously like Valentine's Day is coming up and stuff. Do you see kind of spikes in, uh, maybe not spikes in traffic, but behavior sort of change around times like that? Or, or is, it, is it very much in line with the sort of trends and the times of, of what people are searching for sometimes? Yeah. So seasonality is huge on the platform. So I would say um, Made again, does a really good job at this because they've basically created a strategy that um, enables them to capitalize on the seasonality, um, such as Valentine's Day, spring clean, um, outdoor, um, and then also life moments is, is huge. So um, people moving home, um, people having a baby. Um, and then you kind of have just the everyday where someone is looking for ideas for a living room bedroom. Um, so I'd say basically those three um, categories, those three pillars um, are kind of the key to success. And when you can reach people when they're in kind of the seasonal moment, the everyday moment, the life moment, um, you're kind of covering your bases in terms of a strategy and where we see the biggest search spikes on the platform. And we have all of these mapped out as well um, for May.com and a calendar for the year. So looking at what are those key moments throughout the year that we can tap into and when do we need to start publishing in order to meet that search demand? And like I mentioned, that's very usually two to three months in advance. So right now we're thinking about what does summer look like and how can we communicate our 
outdoor range on Pinterest right now. It's really exciting. Yeah, and I would say one thing just to um, kind of round out the question on seasonality is the big seasonal moments are huge, but we also see great traction in some of the kind of what we call micro moments as well. So um, for example, Pancake Day is right around the corner and we'll see a ton of search bikes um, around Pancake Day and and recipes and, and those sorts of things. So I think it's really key for, for advertisers to, yes, highlight on the big seasonal moments, but see how they can be a little bit more creative on some of those micro moments as well. I'm interested to know what, what areas and features of Pinterest First of all, Yulia, what Maid is sort of experimenting with right now and what, what you're really loving at the moment. And from Jackie's perspective as well, if any brands listening perhaps new to Pinterest and don't know where to start or are looking for higher reach or higher conversion than usual, what specific features would you recommend or want people to try out? Yeah, so for Maid, um, what we're really excited about at the moment is how do we bring that really resourceful bank of content and useful tips um, in, in a paid campaign. So we've been looking at a few brand awareness pieces and how do we utilize the format as well with the vertical pin to tell that story. And a really great way to do this is um, through a carousel. Um, so you're allowed to use up to five pins, um, which is a really great way to incorporate that storytelling element, but also include some products in the mix as well. So it's a very um, kind of whole message about the brand and what we stand for. So we're definitely looking to do more experimentations this year. And um, there's some really awesome pin experiences that you can have within the platform, like 360 or designing a quiz. Um, so that's definitely on our list for this year to experiment with. Yeah, I think one of the things that I'm most excited about, because I always say that marketers have negative time, is just around automation. We are doing a lot to try and make marketers' lives easier um, on the platform. So we've done a lot around automa- um, automatic bidding, for example, Um we have kind of custom custom budget optimization. So all of these features um, that you can find in our ads manager tool when you are launching on the paid side. Um, but what these automation features really come down to is freeing up um, the marketer's time, but also driving results as well. So um, we've seen um, these kind of new features being rolled out um, slash CPCs, for example, um, in Maid's case, where they um, were able to be way more cost efficient without changing their budget. Um, And we're starting to see more results like that. And so I would say just for brands that are looking to get started, um, testing out some of those automation features that we've just rolled out um, so that they can be as efficient as possible with their budget is, is what I'd recommend. I think, well, I think Theo and will probably agree would be amiss if we didn't bring up a Pinterest stories test because we've spoken a little bit about it before on one of our episodes of Social and Six, but Pinterest differs slightly from the other platforms' adaptations of this sort of vertical format. I'm interested to know how you think this ability to create primary content is going to open things up for um, the like, opportunities and possibilities on Pinterest. Yeah, I mean, I'm super excited about this format. Um, it's something that our brands, our creators have asked for for a while, because basically it's just this longer canvas to be able to tell your story. And when people are coming for inspiration, they actually want to consume this content. So what we used to say when we didn't have something like story um, is actually use the description. Like I swear people read it where on other platforms, 
terms, you know, you're trying to make that description as, as short and snappy as possible because no one really reads it. Where on Pinterest, you know, if you're looking for a recipe, everyone wants to know every single detail, the ingredients, the time. Um, so story pins really enables us to kind of deliver that experience to, to pinners and do it in a really kind of cool, unique and, and engaging way. So I'm, I'm really excited for stories just as, as a pinner myself and being able to consume content and get some, some really unique ideas from them. From a brand perspective as well, um, we invest so much in producing really beautiful editorial content and, and really interesting stories. So this will be such an incredible way to kind of bridge the user experience so that people don't necessarily have to click through to access this content, but they can um, they can read the full article, they can shop the products, they can get inspired straight through Pinterest, which is definitely something that we look forward to. I can see the real value of it. One, one question I'm quite keen to know as well, and I'm sure our audience will be very interested in, is in terms of sort of age groups and audience age groups and demographics, because Pinterest is one of those platforms where I can't put an age group on it. I, it seems like it has such a sort of broad appeal. Jackie, I was wondering if you could sort of talk about that a little bit. Is it the case that it is all ages, really? Yeah. So we have over 40 million people um, now on Pinterest that use the platform and, and look for inspiration. Um, and it really is a broad, a broad group of um, ages. Um, I would say right now, which actually interesting, that's leading that growth um, is Gen Z, um, men and millennials. Um, so those are kind of of the audiences that um, are influencing this strong year-over-year growth. Um, But really, it it is a platform for everyone. Um, And as I mentioned, it's a platform for everyone because it really has all this inspiration across um, a broad spectrum of categories as well. Mm. Aelia, from Maid's perspective, do you guys have a certain type of customer that you know prefers to shop via Pinterest or discover your brand there? To be fair, it doesn't really differ from our... Um, general customer in a way that we know that um, people who are interested in may.com are on Pinterest so it's a really natural fit for us and and um, a great way for us to speak to them on different platforms in different ways so yeah it doesn't differ from our general I think that's proven Theo's hypothesis right then <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> you were correct <laughs> <laughs> well I, I, th- I actually feel like I want to go on the platform now and spend the next few hours on there but it seems like a great place to end the conversation there guys uh, thanks very much a really really uh, interesting discussion and really glad to hear the uh, perspective on Pinterest from not only a platform point of view also from a brand point of view with uh, made.com. And I'm sure there's so so many great takeaways there for our audience to delve into as well and, and try Pinterest for themselves. From there. We'll link the business uh, website that you mentioned, Jackie, as well, either in the description or in our Facebook group. But yeah, to echo Theo's thoughts, thank you both so much for coming to speak to us today. It's been very insightful. Of course. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes because it really, really helps and allows us to bring you brand new episodes every single week. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson.